his great name. Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days. And I will dwell in your house forever. Good morning. 
It's good to see all of you here with us this morning and online. Let's pray together. God of strength and love, we are grateful today that we can enter into your presence as we are. You are the God whose mercies are new every morning, the maker of each new beginning. We reflect on this past year and remember your deeds, Lord, your physical, emotional, and spiritual provision of your children. We trust in the promise from the book of Isaiah. Look, I am doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, paths in the wilderness. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Father, to receive the word you have for us in this place. We pray peace for our world and for our own hearts. May we be open to the new thing you want to do in us and through each of us and may you receive the glory for it all. Amen. All right, so we have a couple of announcements for you this morning. Let's continue in our worship with a reading from Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word. Let's stand together as we begin our time, continue our time in worship together and sing 10,000 Reasons. Like 
good morning and welcome to the last day of the year as we gather together and we move into our time of prayer together today. What is it that you would like to offer to God today as you look to Him on this final day of the year as we get ready to move into the new year? As we pray today, we're going to invite the Hollenberg family to come and kneel at the altar because this week they will be departing for their um, uh, for preparing for their future in ministry that God would have for them. Ed, I think we're having a little bit of a challenge here with the sound, so if you can help with that. Um, but they're going to come at this time. We're going to have them kneel as they leave this week, leave the country to go prepare for the next chapter of their lives. And right after church, if you would like to come and bring greetings to them in the fellowship hall, they'll be there and there'll be a luncheon, just a fellowship time for whoever would like to stay, if you'd like to do that and join them. But if anyone would like to come and gather around them as we pray for them and as we pray for this new year, we would invite you to do that this morning. And as we move into the new year, we invite you to Ask the Lord to open up your heart to what God might have for you as well. Let's pray together. God, we're grateful that you are good. We're grateful, God, that you know who we are. That you, Almighty God, before we even came to this day, before we came to this moment of gathering, that you met us that you meet us each day. And so, Lord, as we find ourselves on the edge of this old year beginning to move into a new year, we know it's just a turn of a page on a calendar. We know, Lord God, it's in many ways just another day. But, Lord, it symbolizes for us the movement of time. It symbolizes for us how you are good every day symbolizes for us, Lord God, that we have different chapters, different places in our lives. So, Lord, we offer all of that to you. We lift up those, Lord, among us who at the end of this week find themselves facing some challenges they didn't anticipate going into the week. We pray for Carol and her family at the loss of their nephew. We right now lift up to you John and Mary as they care for Dayton after he suffered this stroke. We ask, Lord God, that you, by your Spirit, would come and draw near. We think, Lord God, of this newborn, just born a couple weeks ago, who's going to be facing heart surgery. God, we pray that you would come alongside and you would touch him and draw near. Lord, all of these we give to you today. We ask that as we launch into this new year, you would also guide us, even in the places that are unknown. We are grateful you will go before us. And Lord, today we would just lift up to you, the Hollenberg family. And as, Lord, they depart for this new chapter and the preparation for the chapters ahead, we ask, Lord God, that you would be with them that you would draw near to the family, that you would touch Stephen and Amy, that you'd be, Lord God, with these dear boys, and that, Father, you would lead them and guide them. 
we pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to bring clarity of your purpose and that they would choose to use their lives to serve your purposes. And so, Lord God, we commit them into your care today. Pray blessing would rest upon them. And Lord, we lift them to you now. We love them. We're going to miss them. And we ask today that you would go with them in the power of your spirit. And so, Lord, all of these things we offer to you today as your people. And we ask you, God, now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to lead us as we continue to worship you this day. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you today. This morning is a different service. It's a different type of service. This morning we welcome you to a covenant service. It's a renewal service, a renewal of our covenant and our commitment to God. And so there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to read together. There's going to be some challenging words that call us to reflect on this relationship we have with God. The service is a gift. It's not a command or a demand, but an opportunity to welcome the grace of God fresh in our lives as we prepare for a new year. This covenant is not a contract between God and human beings. It's not something we have to do to create a relationship with God The covenant is a means of grace by which we accept the relationship and seek to sustain it. This time is a time of self-examination and reflection and dedication. Repentance through confession is part of our commitment. Demanding humility from those of us willing to submit ourselves to the dynamic words of this covenant is important. John Wesley began this covenant in 1755. And they would typically walk through this around the new year. And so we will as well. So I welcome you this morning to this covenant service. Let us begin. Come. Let us join ourselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant which will never be forgotten. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. And for people, I invite you to repeat. You are the one true God who reigns forever. Almighty God, you search our hearts and you see every part of us. All our desires are known to you and from you no secrets are hidden. By the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, cleanse our hearts so we may perfectly love you and glorify your holy name. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now as God's dearly loved children, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today your daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, both now and forever. Amen. God and King, His love endures forever. He is good, He is above all things. I wish, well, I don't think we could take any of these prayers, right?
You may be seated. From Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Save your 
brothers and sisters. The Christian life is a life found in Christ, redeemed from sin and consecrated to God. We are those who have entered into this life and have been admitted into the new covenant of Jesus Christ. He is the mediator of this covenant. He sealed it with his own blood so it would last forever. On one side of this covenant stands God, who promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Every day, God proves his goodness and grace to us, showing us that his promise still stands firm. On the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live life for ourselves, but instead to only live for Jesus Christ because he has loved us and given his life for us. There are times in our lives when it's important for us to remember and reaffirm our promises and vows. In the same way, we come today to renew our covenant with God. Many generations have done this before us. Today, we make the covenant our own, renewing with both joy and sincerity, the covenant that binds us all to God. We are those who seek to live as true disciples of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we fall short. Let us now examine ourselves before God 
humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts so that we do not deceive ourselves and cut ourselves away from God. Let us pray. Father God, you have set forth the way of life through your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you love dearly. We shamefully confess that we have been slow to learn of him and have been reluctant to follow him. You have spoken and called to us, but we have not listened. You have revealed your beauty to us, but we have been blind. You have stretched out your hands to us through our friends, but we have passed by them. We have accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. We are unworthy of your unchanging love. We confess now to you our sins. Please forgive us for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, for our inconsistency and unbelief, for the ways we neglect fellowship and your grace, for our hesitation to tell others about Christ, for the ways that we deceive our others. Forgive us when we waste time and when we misuse the gifts you have given us. Forgive us for when we have made excuses for the wrong things we have done and when we have purposefully avoided responsibility. Forgive us that we have been unwilling to overcome evil with good and that we have not been ready to carry our cross. Forgive us that we have not allowed your love to work through us to help others and that we have not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for those times when instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness inconsiderate judgment, and quick criticism. Forgive us for when we have not tried to reconcile with others and when we have been slow to seek redemption. Forgive us also for these sins that we silently confess to you now. Let us gather here before the Lord, now in covenant, 
Commit ourselves to Christ as his servants. Let us give ourselves to him so that we may fully belong to him. Jesus Christ has left us with many services to be done. Some of these services are easy and honorable, but some are difficult and humble. Some line up with our desires and interests. Others are contrary to both. In some, we please both Christ and ourselves. But then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. Jesus Christ, we offer you this prayer. Let me be your servant. Let me follow your commands. I will no longer follow my own desires. I give myself completely to your will. The power and strength to live as true servants is given to us in Christ. We accept the place and work that he gives us, acknowledging that he alone will be our reward. I am not my own. I am yours alone. Make me into what you will. Rank me with those you will. Put me to use for you. Put me to suffering for you. Let me be employed for you. Let me be laid aside for you. Let me be lifted high for you. Let me be brought low for you. Let me be full or let me be empty. Let me have all things or let me have nothing. With a willing heart, I freely give everything to your pleasure and use. Christ is Savior to those who are his true servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. To be his servant is to consent fully to his will. Christ accepts nothing less. Christ will be all in all or he will be nothing. Now confirm this truth in holy covenant. Make it a reality in your life in these ways. First, set apart time in your day, more than once, to be spent alone with the Lord. Seek to sense God's special care for you and gracious love for you. Carefully think through the words of this covenant and its conditions. Examine your heart, even if you have freely given your life to Christ. Name the sins in your life. Reflect on whether you are willing to choose Christ's holy ways and holy commands. Be sure you are clear in all these so you do not lie to God. Second, uphold the serious spirit of holy awe and reverence for God. Third, claim God's covenant. Do not trust in your own strength and power, but rely on God's promise of giving grace and strength. In this way, he will empower you to keep your promise. Fourth, be determined to be faithful. You have given your heart and life to God and have opened your mouth to dedicate yourself to the Lord. With God's power, never go back to your former way of living. And last, be prepared to renew your covenant with God. Fall on your knees, lift up your hands, and let us open wide our hearts. Let's stand and continue in our worship this morning as we sing, Lay Me Down.
I lay me down, I'm not my own. 
may be seated. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or brought forth, the whole, you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. and In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Lord, teach us, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And yes, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The last word we spoke on the eve, the evening of Christmas Eve, was in the form of a question. What time is it? And we're reminded that in the fullness of time, God sent His Son. Because of that, we welcome Him into our lives and we said, let's make room. Let's make room for us, Him, in our lives. Let's make room for God in the strain of life, in the, in the sadnesses of life, in the places of failure, the places where we need forgiveness, let's make room. We said also, let's make room in the joys. Let's make room in the victories. Let's make room in the blessings. Let's, let's make room in all of it. That's what time it is. But there's probably no day in the calendar year when we are more conscious of time than today. All right, this is confession time. You, this has been a very serious service confessing thing. So how many of you are staying up tonight to watch the ball drop? Just put your hand up. Put your hand up. Lord Jesus, be with these dear people. <laughs> I'll be praying for you. It'll look like I'm sleeping, but I'll be praying for you. <laughs> On New Year's Eve we become aware of the brevity of life. We become aware of time. We become aware of what it seems like time is passing at light speed. We say things like this, uh, what happened? Someone will say today, what happened in 2023? Uh, I'm getting these kind of emails, the best stories of 2023. You know, the best recipes of 2023. You know, all those kind of things. 
but it's like light speed. Nothing new. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by or like a watch in the night. That's what the psalmist said. Today in the Christian calendar, though, we refer to this day very specifically as watch night, especially tonight. And it calls us to prepare our hearts for the unknown path that stretches out before us by recommitting ourselves to living for, into the unknown, living for and trusting the known God. Doing that through Jesus Christ, doing that through the power of his Holy Spirit. We are standing in the fullness of time since the birth of Christ. We've established that already. But today, today makes time more pressing, it seems. I know it's just another flip of the page on the calendar, as I said in my prayer. I know that some say, what's the big deal? It's just another day. But time seems more urgent. Time seems to demand more of our attention. This day seems like we stand on the brink of time. I want you to think about that. I want you to take that in today. Here we stand on the brink of it all. On the brink of everything that is set before us. The overwhelming majority of which we cannot know. We cannot know. And even the things we do know, they carry with them the unpredictable. And yes, the uncertain. And yes, the unwanted. There are also those things that will come upon us that are far ahead of us that we don't know yet that will capture our hearts with joy and with blessing and with gladness. And they'll sneak up on us. We'll be surprised by joy as C.S. Lewis's autobiography is entitled. He said this, All joy reminds. It is never a possession. It's always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. There's something in joy that's always longing. And so ahead of us somewhere, God's going to come around the corner and you're going to be surprised by joy. In this year ahead, as well as all of it. We're on the brink of all of it. We stand on the brink of all that's coming at us for 2024. What Psalm 90 does in its very stark language is it invites us to root our lives in the God who is in time and who is beyond time. So as we stand on the brink of everything, what do we do? Very quickly, two things. We first need to look back to our foundation. The psalmist does not begin with the unseen inevitabilities of the future that lay before us. He gets to that. But no, he begins with the God who was and is and always has been. The Common English Bible translates verses 1 and 2 this way. Before the mountains were born, before you birthed the earth and inhabited world, from forever in the past to forever in the future, you are God. Amen. 
Those are such comforting words, especially with the unpredictability of life in the world. And from forever in the past to forever in the future, you are God. And so we need to travel back. I guess you could say we need to travel back in time to the truth of who God really is. And in that knowledge, we see that we have a God we can depend on for the future because he has always been faithful in the past. We have the God of creation who still births order out of chaos, who still births light and darkness, who still brings life even out of death. And because of Christmas, because the Word became flesh, because of Jesus Christ, as Emily McGowan says, we know that to behold the face of the infant Jesus is to behold the face of our Creator. The Word became flesh. And that means this. He is still, as it says in Genesis, He is still the Spirit of God who is hovering over the waters. The God who said, let there be light, and there was light. That's our God. That's the God we serve. So in the darkest places, we need to be reminded. And God said, let there be light. We need to be reminded that we have an order-making God who brings order out of chaos. And so we join with the ancients and all those through the centuries, confessing the words of the Nicene Creed, that Jesus is God from God and light from light and true God from true God. That's who we believe in. Sometimes we're so busy trying to make our faith and the gospel contemporary that we forget that this God of ours has always been contemporary. That there's a foundation, that there's a root, that there's a place that we go, that we stand on God from God, light from light, true God from true God. That's where we start. We, we go back. Remember who your God is. Remember who your God is. I need to remember who my God is. But then... We also need to live forward from the future. We need to live forward from the future. There are those moments in life that force our hand when it comes to time. Forces our hand. The unexpected death of a loved one. The sudden health crisis. The transitions of family or career. Or any number of changes. It's really not change that does us in. It's the transition. Life has a way of forcing our hand when it comes to time. It just seems like yesterday, I was a little boy unwrapping a Hess fire truck under our Christmas tree. Just, just seems like that was the other day. And suddenly... I see the sparkling lights of a Christmas tree in the eyes of my two granddaughters. Could someone explain to me what happened? Right? 
Time forces our hand. Life forces our hand when it comes to time. How did I end up at my mother's graveside in February? And two months later, welcome our youngest granddaughter. A redeeming birth for sure. This psalm that we've read forces our hand when it comes to time. We don't want to read these words. They're scattered all over Scripture, though. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. So we need to look at a truth. If we're, gonna, if we're going to live forward from the future, we need to look at one truth, and the truth is this. We are mortal. Our world doesn't want us to believe that. I read an article about a father and son who are doing everything they can to, like, make their lives everlasting. The health things that they're doing, the exercises, the things they're eating, all this stuff, and and they're insisting that they're getting younger. I think they're in for a rude surprise. We're mortal. Return to dust, you mortals, the psalmist says. Describing people, he says, they're like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. Thanks a lot, Pastor Jeff, for those words, the end of Christmas week. (laughs) Right? Those words feel dark. They feel foreboding in this season of light. But the truth is, really these words are light. There are words that give us light for how we're to live in this day. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There'd be no use for verse 12 of this psalm if we were not mortal. No use at all. But we are. So these words are actually words of light for us. I'm not sure I like them. But I need them. You see, this psalm does not carry the intent of a dirge or morose theme. Read the rest of the psalm and you discover the beauty and the love of God. But this song is intended to invite us to live life. That's its intention. This is a carpe diem song, a seize the day song. That's what this is. In Ecclesiastes, we're reminded of one amazing truth. In fact, I discovered that it was the verse of the day this morning. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Think about that. Think about you. You have eternity. You have eternal capacity within you. I have it within me. Within us is the capacity for and the awareness of that which is beyond us. We have the capacity for something, someone who transcends us. Praise God. In this transitory world, in this world where we're so mortal, there's something of the immortal deposited in each every one of us, something beyond us. And that includes something within us that lives with the future in mind. 
something within us that has hope towards a future, a future that includes God in the present, but also a hope for what God will do in the future, how God will make all things right, how God will come again. And as we heard in Advent, He will come and prepare for us the path of peace. Jude, that little book in the New Testament, just verses, no chapters. It says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. As you wait for the mercy of Jesus to bring us eternal life. Oh, we're mortal, but there's eternity pulling us forward. There will come a day when my life on earth will end. Are you afraid of that? Does that scare you that your life will someday end? Death has always been an enemy. Still is. But it's a conquered enemy. And that truth is clarifying and liberating. It calls us to live from the end of the story. We must look backward to the beginning of the story and stand on the foundation of who God is, but we also must live forward from the end of our story. At the start of Advent, there's a prayer that comes from the Book of Common Prayer that goes like this. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life. How will you put on the armor of light? How will I put on the armor of light now in this time of your mortal life? Now. This mortal life has so much to offer to the kingdom of God. How will I put on the armor of the light of Jesus Christ? Let me close with some questions. What kind of life do you want to be known for? What do you hope people say about you? How will your life be reflective of God and his love for you and others? And how many of the things we think are important now will be important on our last day? thinking about 2024. What do you hope your relationship with God will look like in a year? How do you plan to center your life on God? What relationships will you seek to restore or nurture? Where will you, where will you give your time and your money and your effort that will have eternal impact? And how will you partner with God and his people to fulfill his purposes. Yes, yes. We stand on the brink of everything. How will you take the next step 
beyond the brink. Let us take it with Jesus. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And we will find from everlasting to everlasting, whatever we encounter, our God will be with us even beyond the brink. Thanks be to God. I invite you now to pray with me this covenant prayer in response. Let us pray together. My righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, see me now as I give myself to you. Forgive my unfaithfulness when I have not done your will. You promise mercy if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you rid yourself of every idol in your life. From the bottom of my heart, I here and now renounce every idol in my life, covenanting with you that I will not commit any known sin. By turning against your will, I have turned my love toward the world. In your power, I will watch for any temptation that will lead me away from you. Through Jesus Christ, God offers to be your God again if you allow him to be. Before all heaven and earth, I here and now acknowledge you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as my Lord and my God. I vow to give all of myself, body and soul, to be your servant and to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. Jesus Christ is the only way and means to God. God has given us Jesus as the way and means to salvation. Jesus, I here and now accept you as the only new and living way. I join myself in covenant with you. I come to you hungry, sinful, miserable, blind, naked, unworthy, even to wash the feet of your servants. With all my power, I accept you as my Lord and head. I renounce my own unworthiness and rest in my worth to you and vow that you are the Lord, my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom and take you for my only guide. I renounce my own will and take your will as my law. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. Jesus, I here and now make this covenant with you and accept whatever comes in life. Through your grace, I promise that neither death nor life will separate me from you. God has given holy commands as the rule of life. I here and now willingly take on your yoke and burden. All your ways are holy, just, and good. I accept them as the rule for my words, thoughts, and actions, promising I will strive to order my whole life around your direction. I will not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. The Almighty God searches and knows you, even the thoughts of your heart. O oh God, you know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity, without deceit 
or reluctance. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now, glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my God and Father. Glory be to you, God the Son. You have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God the Holy Spirit. By your almighty power, you have turned my heart from sin to God. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my comforter and guide. O mighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend, and I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant that I've made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. Our pastors are going to come forward as we prepare for communion this morning, celebrating the covenant that we have in God, reminding ourselves of how he gave himself for us. You may be seated. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or brought forth, the whole, you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. and In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Lord, teach us, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And yes, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The last word we spoke on the eve, the evening of Christmas Eve, was in the form of a question. What time is it? And we were reminded that in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Because of that, we welcome him into our lives and we said, let's make room. Let's make room for us, him, in our lives. 
Let's make room for God in the strain of life, in the, in the sadnesses of life, in the places of failure, the places where we need forgiveness. Let's make room. We said also, let's make room in the joys. Let's make room in the victories. Let's make room in the blessings. Let's, let's make room in all of it. That's what time it is. But there's probably no day in the calendar year when we are more conscious of time than today. All right, this is confession time. You, this has been a very serious service confessing thing. So how many of you are staying up tonight to watch the ball drop? Just put your hand up, put your hand up. Lord Jesus, be with these dear people. I'll be praying for you. It'll look like I'm sleeping, but I'll be praying for you. <laughs> On New Year's Eve, we become aware of the brevity of life. We become aware of time. We become aware of what it seems like time is passing at light speed. We say things like this, uh, what happened Someone will say today, what happened in 2023? Uh, I'm getting these kind of emails, the best stories of 2023. You know, the best recipes of 2023. You know, all those kind of things. But it's like light speed. Nothing new. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by or like a watch in the night. That's what the psalmist said. Today, in the Christian calendar, though, we refer to this day very specifically as watch night, especially tonight. And it calls us to prepare our hearts for the unknown path <clears throat> that stretches out before us by recommitting ourselves to living for, into the unknown, living for and trusting the known God. Doing that through Jesus Christ, doing that through the power of his Holy Spirit. We are standing in the fullness of time since the birth of Christ. We've established that already. But today, today makes time more present, it seems. I know it's just another flip of the page on the calendar, as I said in my prayer. I know that some say, what's the big deal? It's just another day. But time seems more urgent. Time seems to demand more of our attention. This day seems like we stand on the brink of time. I want you to think about that. I want you to take that in today. Here we stand on the brink of it all on the brink of everything that is set before us, the overwhelming majority of which we cannot know. We cannot know. And even the things we do know, they carry with them the unpredictable. And yes, the uncertain. And yes, the unwanted. There are also those things that will come upon us that are far ahead of us, that we don't know yet, that will capture our hearts with joy and with blessing and with gladness. And they'll sneak up on us. We'll be surprised by joy, as C.S. Lewis's autobiography is entitled. He said this, All 
joy reminds. It is never a possession. It's always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. There's something in joy that's always longing. And so ahead of us somewhere, God's going to come around the corner and you're going to be surprised by joy. And this year ahead, as well as all of it. We're on the brink of all of it. We stand on the brink of all that's coming at us for 2024. What Psalm 90 does in its very stark language is it invites us to root our lives in the God who is in time and who is beyond time. So as we stand on the brink of everything, what do we do? Very quickly, two things. We first need to look back to our foundation. The psalmist does not begin with the unseen inevitabilities of the future that lay before us. He gets to that. But no, he begins with the God who was and is and always has been. The Common English Bible translates verses 1 and 2 this way. Before the mountains were born, before you birthed the earth and inhabited world, from forever in the past to forever in the future, you are God. Amen. Those are such comforting words, especially with the unpredictability of life in the world. And from forever in the past to forever in the future, you are God. And so we need to travel back. I guess you could say we need to travel back in time to the truth of who God really is. And in that knowledge, we see that we have a God we can depend on for the future because he has always been faithful in the past. We have the God of creation who still births order out of chaos, who still births light and darkness, who still brings life even out of death. And because of Christmas, because the Word became flesh, because of Jesus Christ, as Emily McGowan says, we know that to behold the face of the infant Jesus is to behold the face of our Creator, the Word became flesh. And that means this. He is still, as it says in Genesis, He is still the Spirit of God who is hovering over the waters. The God who said, let there be light, and there was light. That's our God. That's the God we serve. So in the darkest places, we need to be reminded and God said, let there be light. We need to be reminded that we have an order-making God who brings order out of chaos. And so we join with the ancients and all those through the centuries, confessing the words of the Nicene Creed, that Jesus is God from God and light from light and true God from true God. That's who we believe in. Sometimes we're so busy trying to make our faith and the gospel contemporary that we forget 
that this God of ours has always been contemporary. That there's a foundation, that there's a root, that there's a place that we go, that we stand on God from God, light from light, true God from true God. That's where we start. We, we go back. Remember who your God is. Remember who your God is. I need to remember who my God is. But then, we also need to live forward from the future. We need to live forward from the future. There are those moments in life that force our hand when it comes to time. Forces our hand. The unexpected death of a loved one. The sudden health crisis. The transitions of family or career. Or any number of changes. It's really not change that does us in. It's the transition. Life has a way of forcing our hand when it comes to time. It just seems like yesterday, I was a little boy unwrapping a Hess fire truck under our Christmas tree. Just, just seems like that was the other day. And suddenly, I see the sparkling lights of a Christmas tree in the eyes of my two granddaughters. Could someone explain to me what happened? Right? Time forces our hand. Life forces our hand when it comes to time. How did I end up at my mother's graveside in February? And two months later, welcome our youngest granddaughter. A redeeming birth for sure. This psalm that we've read forces our hand when it comes to time. We don't want to read these words. They're scattered all over Scripture, though. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. So we need to look at a truth. If we're, gonna, if we're going to live forward from the future, we need to look at one truth, and the truth is this. We are mortal. Our world doesn't want us to believe that. I read an article about a father and son who are doing everything they can to like make their lives everlasting. The health things that they're doing, the exercises, the things they're eating, all this stuff, and and they're insisting that they're getting younger. I think they're in for a rude surprise. We're mortal. Return to dust, you mortals, the psalmist says. Describing people, he says, they're like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. Thanks a lot, Pastor Jeff, for those words, the end of Christmas week. (laughs) Right? Those words feel dark. They feel foreboding in this season of light. But the truth is, really these words are light. There are words that give us light for how we're to live in this day. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There'd be no use for verse 12 of this psalm if we were not mortal. 
No use at all. But we are. So these words are actually words of light for us. I'm not sure I like them, but I need them. You see, this psalm does not carry the intent of a dirge or morose theme. Read the rest of the psalm and you discover the beauty and the love of God. But this song is intended to invite us to live life. That's its intention. This is a carpe diem song, a seize the day song. That's what this is. In Ecclesiastes, we're reminded of one amazing truth. In fact, I discovered that it was the verse of the day this morning. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Think about that. Think about you. You have eternity. You have eternal capacity within you. I have it within me. Within us is the capacity for and the awareness of that which is beyond us. We have the capacity for something, someone who transcends us. Praise God. In this transitory world, in this world where we're so mortal, there's something of the immortal deposited in each every one of us, something beyond us. And that includes something within us that lives with the future in mind. Something within us that has hope towards a future, a future that includes God in the present, but also a hope for what God will do in the future, how God will make all things right, how God will come again. And as we heard in Advent, He will come and prepare for us the path of peace. Jude, that little book in the New Testament, just verses, no chapters, says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. As you wait for the mercy of Jesus to bring us eternal life. Oh, we're mortal, but there's eternity pulling us forward. There will come a day when my life on earth will end. Are you afraid of that? Does that scare you that your life will someday end? Death has always been an enemy, still is, but it's a conquered enemy. And that truth is clarifying and liberating. It calls us to live from the end of the story. We must look backward to the beginning of the story and stand on the foundation of who God is, but we also must live forward from the end of our story. At the start of Advent, there's a prayer that comes from the Book of Common Prayer that goes like this. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life. 
How will you put on the armor of light? How will I put on the armor of light now in this time of your mortal life? Now. This mortal life has so much to offer to the kingdom of God. How will I put on the armor of the light of Jesus Christ? Let me close with some questions. What kind of life do you want to be known for? What do you hope people say about you? How will your life be reflective of God and His love for you and others? And how many of the things we think are important now will be important on our last day? Thinking about 2024, what do you hope your relationship with God will look like in a year? How do you plan to center your life on God? What relationships will you seek to restore or nurture? Where will, you, where will you give your time and your money and your effort that will have eternal impact? And how will you partner with God and his people to fulfill his purposes? Yes, yes. We stand on the brink of everything. How will you take the next step beyond the brink? Let us take it with Jesus. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And we will find from everlasting to everlasting, whatever we encounter, our God will be with us even beyond the brink. Thanks be to God. I invite you now to pray with me this covenant prayer in response. Let us pray together. My righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, see me now as I give myself to you. Forgive my unfaithfulness when I have not done your will. You promise mercy if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you rid yourself of every idol in your life. From the bottom of my heart, I here and now renounce every idol in my life, covenanting with you that I will not commit any known sin. By turning against your will, I have turned my love toward the world. In your power, I will watch for any temptation that will lead me away from you. Through Jesus Christ, God offers to be your God again, if you allow him to be. Before all heaven and earth, I here and now acknowledge you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as my Lord and my God. I vow to give all of myself, body and soul, to be your servant, and to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. Jesus Christ is the only way and means to God. God has given us Jesus as the way and means to salvation. Jesus, I here and now accept you as the only new and living way. 
I join myself in covenant with you. I come to you hungry, sinful, miserable, blind, naked, unworthy, even to wash the feet of your servants. With all my power, I accept you as my Lord and head. I renounce my own unworthiness and rest in my worth to you and vow that you are the Lord, my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom and take you for my only guide. I renounce my own will and take your will as my law. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. Jesus, I here and now make this covenant with you and accept whatever comes in life. Through your grace, I promise that neither death nor life will separate me from you. God has given holy commands as the rule of life. I here and now willingly take on your yoke and burden. All your ways are holy, just, and good. I accept them as the rule for my words, thoughts, and actions, promising I will strive to order my whole life around your direction. I will not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. The Almighty God searches and knows you, even the thoughts of your heart. O oh God, you know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity, without deceit or reluctance. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now, glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my God and Father. Glory be to you, God the Son. You have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God the Holy Spirit. By your almighty power, you have turned my heart from sin to God. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my comforter and guide. O mighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend. And I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant that I've made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. Our pastors are going to come forward as we prepare for communion this morning, celebrating the covenant that we have in God, reminding ourselves of how he gave himself for us.